Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is 1 Timothy 5. Let's get down to some matters of business and how things need to happen today. We've talked about God's instruction for pastors as we're going through the pastoral epistles, First and Second Timothy, and then Titus. And we've seen how those instructions for pastors are still in many ways applicable to all of us as these set the example for the church. Uh, but today, as we've seen, God care about their character, and also put a central role on the teaching and the right doctrine. Today, he's going to get into some more practical matters, and we'll look at two areas of practical concern that Paul has in the church. But for starters, we get some ground rules in verse 1 and 2, as now he's giving Timothy some specific instruction on how to handle certain situations. We see some general principles to, to guide that. In verses 1 and 2, it says, Do not rebuke an older man, but encourage him as you would a father, young men as brothers, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters, in all purity. So there you see Paul giving instruction to Timothy on, hey, you're going to have to deal with people. You're going to have to deal with older men and younger men, older women and younger women, and here's how you should do it. And one commonality in all of these categories is treat them like family, as fathers or mothers, as brothers or sisters. Uh, so there's a, a sense of care and concern, I think, that would come across in that. That doesn't mean that he's never straightforward or just beating around the bush, but that there is a care and a gentleness as he does that. And another thing you see highlighted in that last section, younger women in all purity, uh, a common guard that is needed there for the, the pastor in caring for the younger women, that he would do so in a way that is above reproach and pure. So there we see some groundwork. And again, uh, some groundwork that may help all of us, even if you're not a pastor, because there may be a time in your life where you have to say something to an older man or a younger man or an older woman or a younger woman. And God's instruction from Paul to, to Timothy will help you in your own life. But then we're going to get into two broader issues as we go through 1 Timothy 5. And you'll find that there is some application again for all of you here, or at the very least, some things to consider or to prepare yourself for. The first section from verse 3 down through verse 16 deals with widows and how the church is to handle widows in their midst, how they are to care for them. It says in verse 3, honor widows who are truly widows. But if a widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn to show godliness to their own household and to make some return for their parents. For this is pleasing in the sight of God. There, what we see some things that if you're not in this situation now, these are things to prepare for. Whether you are getting prepared for your parents to be old or, or to start passing away, or whether you yourself are older and in that position. We're going to see some applications that, again, if you're not in that position, these are things to prepare yourself for. And the first principle is that people should be eager 
to care for their aging parents or grandparents. That, it says here, is pleasing in the sight of God. And even you see that phrase, to make some return. This is how life goes. When you are a kid, your parents and maybe even your grandparents invest in you. As my dad liked to used to tell me often, my life makes your life possible. And he wasn't saying that to be mean or snooty. He was just stating the facts. My life was possible because of my dad. He provided for me. So I need to prepare and you need to prepare to make some return for that. Because there will come a time when your parents or your grandparents may not be able to take care of themselves. And you should be prepared to help care for them. Now, there's a variety of ways that that could look or how you and maybe your brothers or sisters, how your family supports them in that time. But the principle is there. You must be ready. You should seek to make some return uh, to your parents. This is pleasing in the sight of God. We also see some instruction to those, especially the widows and how they should act. And it describes the character that God wants in uh, some of these widows. It says, that this one is truly left all alone. So she not only doesn't have her husband anymore, she doesn't have kids or grandkids to care for her, but it says that she has set her hope on God and continues in supplications and prayers night and day. So there we see a contrast, and we'll see that throughout this passage of a way widow can a way a widow can be. One way is she can be devoted to really the things of the Lord or she can be devoted to the things of this world and to herself. And that applies specifically to widows, but I think there's some broader principles there about people who are older in life that should trickle down to all of us. What are you devoting your life to? The things of the Lord or your own desires? Because the contrast of continuing in supplications and prayers night and days, night and day is the one who is self-indulgent. And look at the strong language. She who is self-indulgent is dead even while she lives. Wow. Um, We need to be the kind of people that aren't just self-indulgent. We are praying and we're never going to stop caring for others. And it says there, going back to being prepared to care for aging parents or grandparents, it says, if anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for the members of his own household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. So there you even see another biblical principle, not only of what you should do, but for churches. And this is something the church consistently needs to deal with. The first line of financial uh, defense and when there is a situation of need should come from the family and not from the church. Now he's going to go on to explain sometimes that the family is not there and that's where the church is going to step in and help. But the first line of defense should come from the family. Because if you're not going to take care of your own family, you've denied the faith and you're worse than an unbeliever. Again, pretty strong language. And then it talks about let a widow be enrolled. And it seems that there is some way now that the church is caring for these widows. But as you get farther in the passage, it seems that there is some level of service expected of these widows and perhaps even a vow that they will remain unmarried for this service. Because it talks later about them perhaps having a desire to marry and so incur condemnation. I do not think the right way to understand that would be a 
uh, forbidding of all remarriage for widows. I don't think we see that anywhere else in the Bible. So I would it would seem to be logical to say that there might have been some kind of vow made that even it talks about them incurring condemnation and abandoning their former faith. That could have the idea of a pledge, that they're abandoning a pledge that they have made. But again, you see the kind of character that God is looking for even in these widows, having a reputation for good works. Verse 10 says, if she has brought up children, has shown hospitality, has washed the feet of the saints, has cared for the afflicted, and has devoted herself to every good work. So there you see a glimpse of what God would want people to be, not just in their old age or in a state of bereavement, but the kind of person they've been even along the way. So there's a lot to apply here. If you are preparing for this, well, you should prepare for caring for aging parents and grandparents. Or if you are more in that stage of life, you should be the kind of person that is devoting yourself to good works. And as you get older, not just spending more of your life on yourself, but spending more of your life on the needs of others. And we see a lot of practical instruction for us there. The second area of practical instruction, we move from widows to the elders or the pastors, really in verse 17 through the end of the chapter. And it gives instruction to honor them. It says, let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. And here again, we see some of the biblical groundwork for uh, elders or those leading the church, uh, it being a good thing for them to be compensated. And here you see, again, the biblical principle, you shall not muzzle an ox when it treads out the grain. The idea here, the pastor, he's the ox. Well, feed him so he can keep working. Provide for the pastor so they can spend their time doing ministry and laboring in preaching and teaching. And that's what you should want to do. So you should honor even financially your leaders. But then you see, well, sometimes leaders might not do the right thing. And there's instruction on how to deal with that. On the one hand, you should not be quick to believe and there should be a standard of evidence. Do not admit a charge against an elder except on the evidence of two or three witnesses. So if some one person's just saying something bad about the, the pastor, eh, you shouldn't listen to that. But if there are two or three witnesses and there's evidence of wrongdoing, well, that should be examined. And those that persist in sin... Even there's, there's meant to be a, re, a public rebuke of that leader so that the rest may stand in fear. So you see, sin is not supposed to be taken lightly, especially at the level of leaders. You, you shouldn't be quick to assume wrong and that there needs to be clear evidence. But when there is, that needs to be dealt with. And so that should even affect the way you think about leaders ahead of time. Don't be hasty in the laying on of hands. Uh, you, you don't want to put people in leadership in a hasty way because you want them to be people of character. You don't want to put someone in there that is just going to be disqualified, uh, not far down the road. And then we see something in verses 24 and 25. The sins of some people are conspicuous going before them to judgment, but the sin of others appear later. Sometimes these things are obvious. Sometimes it takes time. And one thing one of my old pastors used to say a lot was time and truth go hand in hand. The pastors that aren't doing what they are supposed to do, usually time will make that evident. And the pastors that are doing the right thing, time will also make that 
clear because I've even seen, you know, people make accusations against a pastor in churches that I've been a part of. And sometimes over time that has been proven accurate and and it's been an accurate uh, portrayal of some problem in their leadership. But I've also seen many times where that accusation, the more time goes on, the more evident it becomes that that claim is false. Time and truth go hand in hand. So again, here's some instruction for how we should handle leaders in the church, especially when they sin. But we also see, I think, coming again, now this is the third chapter in a row, we've seen one of the application points is pray for your pastors. Pray for their purity, pray for their integrity, that they might be the kind of people that as time and truth go together, what you see is a clear testimony of integrity. That's what you should want for your pastors. So we see some things, not necessarily some big theological things today, but some very, very practical things and very important things, things that will come up in your life and in your church. And God has given us instruction on these practical matters. Let's make sure we listen to him and seek to apply these things. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.